Hey guys, welcome back to Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all naked people. And we definitely have a fun naked person here today who goes by the name of Brent Ray Fraser. Yay, say hello. Hi. <laughs> He's kind of known for penis paintings. I don't know how else I can describe it. <laughs> and his nakedness, which we're going to get into very, very soon. But please welcome Brent on the show today. Hello. Hey. <laughs> How's that for an intro? Hey. Self-clap. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know much about you, but we're going to learn much more about you on today's episode. So do you want to kind of go into who you are, what you do, naked life? Sure. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Uh, my name is Brent. I've been making art since I was three years old. I started painting with my fingers and made quite a lot of beautiful abstract paintings with my digits and kind of stuck to it. All up to now, I'm 41 years old. I live in Fort Langley, British Columbia, Canada, and I've been living inside of my art studio for the past 16 years. And that's where I kind of taught myself to do all forms of art, including performance art, stripping, penis painting, nutsack painting, what? you know, oh anal paintings, what? Uh, all, okay. all, all forms of body art and performance, and all within the walls of my studio, uh, mostly, mostly via webcam. Oh, Actually, yeah, that was my first uh, big audience. Okay, the digital world. Okay, so yeah. let's I guess segue into that then. Sure. So okay, wait, webcamming. So camming, but not really web. Well, you know, I, I I started stripping. I started doing all types of um, sexualized performance art, you could say. And a friend of mine, our mutual friend, said you should uh, be doing your shows and your paintings on this website. And this website back then was called Cam4. It's probably still around. Um, <laughs> That's like a regular camming site? Yep. Okay. Uh, you know what? I did that for about three, four years and gained a huge following and then moved on to a site called Chatterbait.com. Oh, yes. We love Chatterbait. has been my home stomping grounds for the past uh, five years. Okay. So I've been doing webcam for quite a long time, and yeah, and I love it. It's <laughs> an instant audience with the click of a button. Yeah, it's great, and also great money. So, I mean, yes. as you guys have heard in other episodes, camming is awesome. Very, very good money, and you can quit your job and do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so going back to the camming, so did you have any hesitations or anything like that before going into it? Like, oh my gosh, who's going to see me naked? Like, do you, did you have any of that vulnerability? A hundred percent, yeah. And the thing is, I found with webcamming is that the more naked you are, the more attention gets drawn to your room, and you want to get those followers into your room and and watching. You want as many eyeballs as possible, and you meet people from all walks of life in these chat rooms. They're not just people that are perverts and stuff like that. There's well, everybody's a pervert. Let's just be honest here. I mean. <laughs> but you yes. meet, you know, you meet. Um, magazine editors, uh, TV show producers, I mean, all sorts of uh, walks of life that can actually open many doors for you. And I didn't realize that until I started exposing myself on uh, live webcam. And, you know, what I mean by exposing myself is just being more free with myself inside the walls of my uh, safe zone in my studio and just kind of um, expressing myself uh, using my body. I guess having fun with that vulnerability and uh, more taking control of it. 
and uh, counteracting that shyness that uh, I used to have when I was a young boy. (laughs) (laughs) Used to have, and that must have been a long time ago, I want to say. The first time I remember being shy and feeling vulnerable was in uh, grade one. It was during art time, and because I've been able to draw and paint really well since I was born, really, I'd, I'd always have people watching me draw, like wrestlers or dinosaurs or... Just doing You know, I'm like, you know, <laughs> five, six years old and people are crowding around my desk and making me feel uncomfortable. It was that stereotypical um, insecure artist who just, you know, wants to go in the corner and, and draw, I yeah. guess, and not show their work because of uh, fear of criticism, right. you know, and these kind of traits, they, they lasted all the way through high school and into, I went to Emily Carr, graduated with my fine arts degree and still at that point I was still wanting to be a famous artist but not being able to go up in front of a class and show my work. Kind of getting flustered and red-faced and sweaty hands and, you know, having those, um, yeah, I guess just fears, I guess, fear of being yourself and because that's what artists are when they put a painting up on the wall, they're putting piece of themselves up there and opening themselves up to other people's minds and yeah stripping got me out of that and uh, I was gonna ask so when did you overcome your shyness yeah you know you're definitely what I, not shy no more my so my dad he's a professional engineer and he does um he's very smart he's very outgoing he gets up in front of audiences and does um lectures to students at like BCIT and stuff like this and I always admired him for being able to get up and give speeches and talk and talk and talk and feel very comfortable. Um, my mom on the other hand she is kind of the opposite she was more the shy person and you know these were my uh, mentors growing up and my dad we I asked him for his advice one day how do I get rid of this shyness uh, and he said that cliche thing to picture everybody in their underwear kind of thing you know right. kind of jokingly he said that but <laughs> You know, I was in my final year of art school and I'm like, maybe I can like take this um, shyness and counteract it with an art project. And I thought, Uh you know what, if I could like, if I could be the one that's exposed, if I could do the opposite and just kind of completely expose myself in front of people, well, where do you get the opportunity to do that? Right. So one of my first jobs was a um, topless bartender uh, on Davy Street. <laughs> okay. At uh, I think it was the Pump Jack actually. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, you know I was working the well there with another guy, and the other guy he happened to be a stripper. And I at the time I'd never I didn't know much about stripping. I'd never seen a male stripper. That's for sure. I've seen female strippers, but I was fascinated by this guy, and he was telling me you know that he's got this agent and. You know, he's like, well, if you want to do this project where you want to become a stripper for, you know, uh, I thought I would do it at, at an art show and I would put up a bunch of art. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of like not tell anybody, but just kind of like turn the lights off and boom, here comes the stripper kind of coming out and, <laughs> you know, make some paintings with my body. And yeah, that's when I started making paintings with my body was that uh, art show. And, Whoa. Um, okay. So many that things. kind of, Yeah. Okay, holy crap. Going off here on the sidebar. No, that's okay. <laughs> we like tangents. Okay, wait. But going back to stripping. Actually, sidebar, sidebar. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am pretty sure I met you a very long time ago. <laughs> like, by chance. Because I think you were friends with another mutual friend who was also a male stripper. 
whose stage name was Raphael. Okay, yes. Yeah, that's I think right. I met you one time. You know what? I, I'm looking at you, I'm in like... In apartment. It's, oh, you know what? Yeah. That was a long what, fucking were, time what ago. What were we doing in the apartment? I don't know. That's for the audience, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Two strippers, you, and some other people, or... I don't know. I don't know. I think you just popped by or something like that. It was back in, like, New West. Yeah, I remember like those days. Yeah. Oh, this is, like, 12... <laughs> years ago this is long before magic mike you know yeah. the stripping world was a little bit different for male strippers back then than it is than it is now oh really can yeah. you speak on that i think that magic mike that whole thing it just well it spiked everything and people started wanting to you know do private parties stagettes you know bachelor parties ladies nights mm-hmm. you know and troops just traveling around and I've been a part of several and just doing shows in small cities and small towns and villages and, <laughs> and construction sites. And <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So there's been a surge in that then. A surge in that, and um, but there it also brought to light more of the dancing scene and mm-hmm. um, that magic mic kind of stereotypical, you know, kind of dance genre, you know, and the song pony you know and things like this you <laughs> yes. know and people hear and they go bananas and, <laughs> but back before that it was it seemed it was a bit different because the the mentors that i had back then were there was a guy named richard richards and i don't know if he's i don't know if he's still an agent but uh yeah there's uh it was just a different it was a whole other world and yeah. uh i found that i that's when I started doing more performance art, was doing oh. stuff on that circuit and bringing large canvases to my to the ladies' nights and oh. painting large canvases, you know, 10 feet yeah. by 5 feet. Because did you ever dance in the clubs, like the Cecil or like Cecil, Fever? Uh, fever, yeah, yeah Mugs and Jugs, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, there's Caddyshack, I mean, there's, yeah. there's quite a few of them. You can't really see that nowadays. Not as much right? anymore, I don't no. see that ever. No. Like, yeah, I think now, as I said, it's more like private parties and stuff like that. And that's <laughs> that's how I met Raphael, because I hired him for yeah. one of my parties <laughs> many moons ago. But, okay, so, yeah, so I guess the dynamic has changed, and that's really interesting coming from, like, a male perspective, because the industry has changed a lot for us female dancers. Like, the, the money is just, like, not the same and stuff, mm-hmm. and... It's just clubs are closing down, as I mentioned in episode two of the podcast, but um, it's just totally different. So it's really cool that you found a niche and a way for you to marry your art with also stripping. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, it started with that and then... With bringing your canvases to the club. Yeah, it's bringing painting. the canvas. You know what? I, wow. I was stripping for three, four years before I started painting on stage. And I was just, I was doing dancing, towel shows, fire shows, things like this, and, right. you know, lap dances, and just st- stereotypical male stripper stuff. Yeah. Once I, once I brought in the canvas and the paint, everything changed. And the idea for doing that came from two passions that I had clashing against each other, and kind of like... I fell in love with stripping and becoming comfortable in my own skin 
mm-hmm. and entertaining people and making people feel happy and all this kind of stuff. All the great things about stripping. But I, I wanted to be a paint, famous painter. I wanted to have art shows. I wanted to go to New York. I wanted to travel the world. And my heroes were Jackson Pollock, Andy Warhol, mm-hmm. Yves Klein, Mark Rothko, all these great artists. And so they fought against each other. And when you want to be taken seriously as an artist, uh, a fine artist, and doing stripping on the side, I have had agents that have told me to separate the two or don't do the stripping, don't tell anybody about it, mm. you know, this kind of stuff for quite a few years. And uh, I hid it from my family for about four years of doing it because I felt like I was a bit, uh, I felt uh, semi ashamed of doing it, I guess. because I had gone to art school I wanted to be a famous artist and I mean that was then and I think about it a lot differently now trust me but those two passions were fighting so much that I just had an aha moment where I'm like well let's 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 paint on stage that way I'm making art or you know I'm making art stripping is making art it's the same thing but the mentality of me back then I was a bit more naive with it all and new to it all and things were just different back then as they are now and you know, with the internet and, you know, Mm -hmm. I was stripping before internet days and, you know, making videos and just making videos felt to learn to watch myself, you know, and, uh, to get feedback and and, yeah, make little videos and I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Videos for yourself. But, uh, yeah, I I started painting on stage and I thought it would be witty to use my penis. Um, (laughs) But my the first idea to use my penis as a tool to create art uh, was probably 12, 13 years ago. And, you know, I was finishing up my art degree and really heavily into the arts and art history and body art. And I thought it would just be kind of a fun, witty kind of conceptual art piece to capture my sexuality on canvas. So that would entail me masturbating with paint. Oh, wow. Um, getting myself aroused and then pressing myself, my erection against the surface and creating a relief. And I've told people that these reliefs, these first monoprint uh, erection paintings were kind of inspired by Andy Warhol and his um, printmaking factory and making um, multiples, making multiples from one thing, you know, so using the same tool my penis mm-hmm. and my balls and pressing it and I've made thousands of these self portraits and they all look different and they're different colors and they're mm-hmm. like a emblem for my I guess creative freedom and me unleashing my fear of 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 being myself and people collect these penis paintings now but I wow. mean, I made those for so many years and then just because I'm an artist and I'm oh, artists are always evolving oh, and thinking about that. things. Yeah. I just I thought maybe I could paint you know paint do what else can I do with my penis instead of imprinting it? Well, it's a tool like a ballpoint pen you could say and I, <laughs> uh, let's see if I can draw with it. So yeah. I started my first large scale penis paintings were 10 20 feet long by 8 feet high recreations of um masters in art history like Roy Lichtenstein Mm -hmm. or you know the Mona Lisa several Warhol paintings you know and just kind of copying them but not really Mm -hmm. copying them just kind of like sexualizing their their paintings and um, kind of uh, collaboration because most of my 
famous artists are, are they're dead yeah you know so I always thought it would be a nice tribute to them and I think mm-hmm. that they would be very uh <laughs> very honored yeah I was gonna say how do you think they would react to that <laughs> to be coming out of the end of my penis you know <laughs> so wow. it's tongue-in-cheek kind of art and totally. uh it's fun and it was witty and I did that for many years and these paintings you know sometimes take one to two weeks to finish and a lot of a lot of hard work went into these paintings, uh, wow. and be you know uh, because I'm teaching myself along the way. They don't teach you that type of body art in school. No, they so don't. So there's uh, <laughs> a lot of risks and a lot of well, let's just say I could I could teach a whole curriculum on penis painting and how not to hurt yourself and how not to get blood into the canvas. And well, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this, I don't know anyone that does this. Like, you must be the only person that's doing this, I feel like. You know what? There's many people on the planet. Uh, there's I'm the only one that does what I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, people <laughs> do paint with their body. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. No one else is doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't know anybody else is doing it. So, Like, how um, did you even, like, how are your first pieces of art when you were first kind of, like, uh, experimenting with this? Do you remember those? Well, aside from the pressings, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I have them all. I've kept them all. I I remember every painting that I've ever made. Wow. You know, uh, going back to nursery school, my finger paintings. Amazing. I guess I can just remember them all, and some of those large scale ones, I you know I had more fun than others. All of the large scale penis paintings were done on webcam, so I have video footage of them all, Very so I can cool. watch myself make them and and your process in the process, and you know engaging with the audience while I'm doing it, and putting on a show and flexing and all these <laughs> kind of great things, you know. Right. <laughs> you know? And naturally, because I'm in front of a cam and I'm on a porn site, I my performances became highly sexualized, big time, you right. know, and um, and that's a whole other level of um, of performance art, let's just say, because yeah. uh, you're bringing in um, heightened emotions and uh, <laughs> horny sensations. <laughs> Ta-da! I like it. Oh my gosh. So I guess like when you first started camming and with your art, was that more like, okay, the camera's on in the background and you know, you acknowledge that there are people watching and stuff too. And like, how was your evolution and your process? How did it go from that to something that's more performative? Cause there's, there's a big difference between that. Yeah, there is. Um, when I paint, I go into a, a creative zone and I, I stop thinking about the camera and I become more, you know, just comfortable in my space and uh, in my creative space. And that could last for a couple hours where I forget that there's anybody watching and turn back and look at the camera and there's like 2,000 people watching me. And, wow. You know, and people in cam world, when they see me painting, I make less money than I do if I'm engaging with them and talking with them. And um, so I like to intermingle the both and I'll take breaks. How do you balance that? Because that can be kind of hard sometimes. You want to just always be constantly on your computer. You want to be able to, you know, create your art. My art comes first. So the balance just comes from from that. And I, you know, when I go into that zone, I, like I said, I'm not really aware that there's people. Sometimes my painting shows could last four hours and I, you know, chat for two hours of that time. Right. Or half an hour. <laughs> it just you depends, know, right? depends, right? So it depends on the mood as well, yeah, how I'm right. feeling. And, you know, if I'm feeling chatty, then 
then I'm feeling chatty, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, I also do a lot of uh, physical work, um, dancing, flexibility. Now I've got a pole installed in my studio. Right, I yeah. I have, you know, gymnastics rings. I mean, oh full-on gym at my studio. So I'll do fitness How big videos. is this place? <laughs> Pretty big. i got two wow. studios. And oh, okay. there's a camera and a TV in every single room, including the bathrooms, so that I can see the chat if I'm far away, I've got a big screen TV in each room. Okay. You know, there's LED lights. Every room is set up like a like a stage. It's a set. Wow. Right? So, you know, there's a gym, there's a sauna, there's the bath, there's the bed. You know, there's <laughs> two or three studios. There's a large studio. Different scenes. Yeah. Right? Fire, there's, a, there's a fireplace for fireside chats. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> for answering questions. I mean, awesome. I kind of... I have a kitchen. I used to do a kitchen show called Come Soup Kitchen. And uh, I would uh, make soup and then I would come in it. And <laughs> Actually? Yeah. Oh come, soup, so come Soup Chicken. I can't even say it fast. Come Soup Kitchen. <laughs> That's a new hashtag. This is wild. Yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So that sounds really cool. So you really have a, quite a variety. You have quite a setup there for your audience how did you start conceptualizing that um you know what the idea came from looking in, in on these chat sites and what it, other people were doing yeah well just what though how the site is structured so on the main um on the main page it so shows the top cameras who have people have the most viewers so it's like a grid like picture the the brady bunch you know squares but <laughs> yeah. a bunch of people doing different things to themselves and you know because I'm, I'm a visual artist and i'm very i'm capable of building things and i just started building sets i thought things would be able i would be able to attract more viewers if i had more of a a, a visually beautiful set Mm -hmm. Then, other than someone's like, most cameras will be in like a white room on their bed with no art on the walls, nothing, nothing, yeah, zero, you know, or sitting in you know a chair at a desk, you know, in front of the computer. And I thought I would turn it into like a set. Yeah, and that's and, smart uh, though too. It's yeah. one way you can differentiate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of toys, and <laughs> like tickle trunks, and <laughs> so it's like a lot of fun. It is fun. Yes, it is fun. <laughs> Gosh. And you're still doing that now? Yeah, yeah. I How don't do it as I don't do it as much anymore because I, well, I travel a lot with my shows now, right? So right. I'm traveling a lot, but when I'm back home, I'm I'm kind of pooped, and I like to spend time with my family and, and relax, travel. right, and paint, you know, without without anybody watching, you yeah. know. Um, but I've I've turned it into a bit of a habit where in order to make artwork now, I need to have an audience watching me, otherwise. I don't know. It's a weird psychological thing that I have now. Uh, I either have to have video camera recording it or a live audience watching it. Oh, wow. Otherwise, it's like it never happened. And the process towards creating a painting or a piece of art is, for me, it, that is the art as well. And the painting is more of a byproduct, but yeah, it's more performance based. It's definitely more performance based. You yeah, know, so there's a bit of a shift there then. Yeah, a bit of a shift there, and that's when I started really focusing on more performance art stuff, and and that's when things started really happening for me, and just traveling a lot. Let's talk about that. Sure. Yeah. So okay. So for performance art, in terms of, um, I guess your shows are traveling. What 
consists of your show because I know you do like body physique art obviously you're like live painting you do a lot of things there's a lot of things yeah, that you well, I have different productions that I work with around the world um, I travel a lot to New York right now and I'm setting a real good home base there awesome. um, doing things like body paint rituals which is full body paintings on large scale canvases for uh, private parties wow. um, like these are select people in New York that have the amount of money that, to cover everything and that's including flights accommodations awesome paint you know my time all these things and and then the art on top of that right so I cater my a lot of my private performances to art collectors and things like that but I work with several productions in New York perform at uh, Club Coming um, Club that's Coming a- Club Coming that's Alan Cummings Club oh okay um, cool I work with Suzanne Barsh she's a uh, queen of nightlife in New York City um, she has Barshland Follies she wow. has got me shows painting in front of Miley Cyrus RuPaul um, oh my gosh some really like <laughs> I uh, did a, a 50th birthday party for Francois Nars. Wow. And, you know, I went to makeup school years ago and I got my makeup diploma. What? And I actually worked for Nars Makeup as a traveling makeup artist, believe it or not, and doing beauty makeup. Who are and things you? Like that. And, <laughs> you have so much experience. And then I performed in front of Nars himself there that and uh, cool. painted his portrait uh, in uh, two minutes. And that was an amazing experience in Malibu. Oh my um, gosh. So you Very cool. Yeah, you've gotten some great opportunities with this. Like how did it all start? Like how did the people contact you? Like you said it all started with I guess you said around that time it all started to happen for you. Can you explain more about that? Yeah, that was about it's going on six years now. That's when I first started traveling, um, doing speed penis painting. And that was an idea that was kind of fell in my lap uh, after me posting these large-scale penis painting videos where I would be painting for hours and hours and post them on YouTube and got a little bit of traction from that and a little bit of a followers but that went on for about five years of doing that and then yeah six years ago I got a I got a phone call from Fremantle Entertainment. This is the Got Talent. Uh, like an agency? They're, they're the people that started all the Got Talents. Uh, um, oh, I see. They, okay, okay. They own that um, brand. And the first one was in Paris, France. And they said, they called me and they said, hey, we saw you on YouTube. Do you, can you can you paint a portrait in less than three minutes and can you speak French? And I said, <laughs> no problem. Uh, <laughs> Back my mind, I don't speak any French, and I have never done that before, uh, but I f- figured this is a great opportunity. And they said, if you can put together a little audition tape saying hello in French and introducing yourself, and then paint the... His name is Gilbert Rosan, and he's uh, he, was, uh, he was the owner. I'm not sure if he still is now, but... Uh, he was the owner of the Got Talent uh, franchise, and wow. he was one of the judges on France Got Talent, so he was one of the four judges, the older guy. Anyways, I painted his portrait, I figured out a way of doing it quick, and that's when I started meddling around with different art materials so that my, so that my penis could glide ac- across the surface okay. and not hurt myself when I could paint fast. Yeah, I did the audition tape, they flew me down there, Paris and I did the audition and it went viral uh, (laughs) went very viral and that video still goes viral and once that got out there then I started traveling 
different wow. cities, different got talents. Romania, Croatia, London, Paris, Japan, going to Germany in a couple months here. Wow. Yeah, really all over doing portraits of judges. You know, oh. mostly uh, male judges. Interesting. Yeah, mostly male judges. In the European countries, some of them, they don't allow full frontal nudity. Okay. And even just doing anything to do with penis and touching, because I'm putting paint on my hand, I'm touching my genitals, that's a sexual act. Oh. So that's where censorship comes in. And, you know, even though it's, I'm not like stroking myself. No. But I have many times, and uh, <laughs> because uh, if I'm on TV, I usually will do that because <laughs> it's already happening. <laughs> you know, that's great. Uh, yeah. Oh wow! And that's that's kind of how that started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's such an incredible journey. You've yep. come a long way. It's uh, it's hard on the body. Um, yeah, it's actually like painful because canvas is Yeah, too I've had to retire like three, four times from doing penis painting. Um, really? Unfortunately, because of health reasons and health scares, I guess. Like what? Uh, well, well, I mean, yeah, just like I got so busy doing it. I was doing shows every night for, you know, let's say a week to two weeks straight sometimes bouncing from one production to the next and doing two shows in one night oh wow and when i'm penis painting there's there's a so there's a couple different ways you can do penis painting you can paint with your penis flaccid Mm -hmm. um that is just you know hanging out oh natural oh natural natural. (laughs) (laughs) and then then there's the well let's say there's three paint there's you can do semi-erect and then you can do full-on erect What's the easiest? Because um, the penis is a tool, as a as a brush, and if it changes the shape, you, it changes the application. So mm-hmm. you can get more detail from a flaccid penis because the skin's not tight. Right. Um, but you can you can paint more like a use it more as like a pencil, I guess you could say, or a marker. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> if really it's erect. Visualize this. Um, Plus, oh, wow. it's more of a showmanship thing, and if you're coming out uh, and you're just uh, you're full bore there, well, it's it's more impressive. Let's just say when your brush is bigger, and <laughs> so I fluff him up beforehand. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I will actually tie him off, yeah, to keep the blood in there. Yeah, we'll um, ask about that. Okay. Yeah, so there's uh, and then there's barrier creams and things like that you put on to, because the penis is one of the the skin on it, some of the most susceptible to you know toxins poisons yeah. things like that you gotta be careful so when you're putting like paint on your penis uh you know i'm very specific with the type of brand well, I was gonna that ask i you use what kind of paint is it? Uh, i use acrylic based um, okay. but i use a high quality um pigment um that doesn't have much fillers in it i try and stay away from neons because they sting um, they sting your balls even more um, from type, personal experience <laughs> yep 100 percent uh but sometimes i be for the sake of art i'm willing to sacrifice myself uh become a martyr for my art and this is where some of the problems come into with longevity of penis painting and if you don't have the balance and keeping the care and before and after and you know uh you can really harm yourself yeah. So there's more to penis painting than slapping paint on your dick and swiping it around a few times. Wow. Right? There's a there's, whole science behind there's it. There's science behind it, keeping it well lubricated. Paint dries quick. Right. So, you know, in the longer you're painting, the longer you're tied off, the more paint you have on there, the longer it takes to clean off. Oh I mean, my gosh. 
Yeah, whole, like, after and, and that's even it. before you even want to have any type of a sex life. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> when you're when you're using your body for what it's not supposed to be used for, well, you need to give it downtime. So you know, having relationships and things like that are a bit challenging at times. And but uh, <laughs> you know, I always tell people that I'm married to my art. I'm an art sexual, and uh, <laughs> like art fucking gets me off enough. So I, <laughs> I'm very happy. <laughs> And it pays the bills. There you go. Cheers to that. (laughs) So going back to like a sentiment that you said earlier, like you wanted to be a famous artist traveling the world. Would you say that you have reached success? Yeah. I, uh, you know what, this is one of the things I struggle with uh, even to this day. And I, and I, I think about that question often and, but my, the way I think about art and what my art is, has changed over the years and, you know, uh, I always wanted to just paint in my studio, paint a canvas, have art shows, and I was very happy with that. But because art is comes in many different forms, um, I'm very blessed to be able to be doing what I'm doing today. And I think that any type of artist, if they put their mind into it and kind of open themselves up to their creative process and their art, it'll take care of everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm a full-time artist. I I don't really worry about anything anymore. I, But I've also started meditating and I'm a very <laughs> spiritual person. And when using your body, when using the one thing that you have in life that's yours and you get to do whatever you want with it, when you're doing that all in, it's a different form of spirituality that's really hard to put into words. And that's, you know, where expression comes in and... Mm-hmm. You know, that's what expression is, is a, a form of spirituality. Zen. Totally. You know. Like an out-of-body experience, yes. Dick right? Zen. Dick Zen. <laughs> Dick hashtag Zen. that. Guys, hashtag Dick Zen. <laughs> well, I guess on that note, there are quite a bit of questions here. There's like a lot of questions, so we're going to hop over on that sure. now. So, of course... As with uh, as I expected, there's a good range of legitimate questions and very silly ones. But let's just get into it. So, first question: Oil-based paints. Do you use them? If yes, do you use solvent to clean yourself off after? Isn't it um, isn't it stinky? <laughs> <laughs> I stay away from oil-based paints. Right. Uh, it's all acrylic. Yeah, I've used tempera. I mean, that's what kids use so but uh, you want to have good quality paint if you're making canvases that people are paying a top dollar for and collecting and you want the longevity of the material to last the ages you don't want any discoloration or anything like that yeah i use high quality acrylic paints right and i use hot water uh to clean it off how long does it take you to clean it off? Well, I guess it depends. Uh, it depends, it depends right? how much I'm covered and how long, how many layers of paint that I have on. You know, okay. sometimes during some large paintings that require different colors, I'll do cleanings between colors so that I don't contaminate the colors. Right. So there'd be multiple cleaning sessions along the way, or just one at the very end if you're using colors that you don't mind mixing and you're aware of that. <laughs> Okay, great. Um, Your painting is influenced by Impressionism. Are there any artists you study in particular that you look up to? I know you mentioned a few earlier. Yeah, um, I'm a fan of uh, pointillism, uh, Surratt. Uh, 
let's say Monet is an impressionist. Mm-hmm. Um, I love uh, Vincent Van Gogh, but even though he's more considered the um, father of modernism, mm-hmm. um, you see the brush stroke in his works. I don't do too much blending. I like to see the stroke. I like to see the stroke because then you can see uh, remnants of of the artist. Um, or of my penis, which is uh, the whole idea behind it. Mm-hmm. So um, I like to I like showing the tip, you know, <laughs> <laughs> veins and things like that in there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's so interesting. Um, I love your art under combines. Where did you study art? How did you get into it? I guess you mentioned Emily Carr. Yeah. 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 And how did you get into it? You said you've been painting since. You know what, I I, I uh, took my art for granted for many years and throughout high school I, it, was one, it was the one course that I would get straight A's in and I would be failing everything else because I was a bit of a bad boy in school and <laughs> just kind of went to school half the time and the rest of the time <laughs> I was partying and uh, doing things I shouldn't be doing. Uh, <laughs> Um, Didn't we all go through that? <laughs> but, you know, I had an art school teacher, and he he saw something in me, and he, he uh, created a course specifically around a group of uh, students in our uh, grade 11 and 12 course, uh, and it was geared towards getting these talented students into art school, more specifically Emily Carr. Mm-hmm. And um, there were eight of us in my class, and we all got in. I still remember the time getting in. Is art always a pathway that you wanted to go then? 100%. Yeah. Well, because I took it for granted, um, up until I got accepted into Emily Carr, um, I started thinking a lot more about art than, you know... uh, Anything else? Yeah, this was a long time ago and (laughs) wasn't doing... I was was doing a lot of drawing. Um, It was... I wanted to be... I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I didn't I didn't take any painting courses. I'm self-taught painter. Wow. But I consider myself self-taught on most grounds, but with Emily Carr, they what they do with artists, they don't they open doors for you. They help they give you a platform where you can practice art and become and see where you want to go with it, I guess, and give you options. I took a lot of human anatomy. Um, I was fascinated with the human body and, you know, that's what got me into performance art and got me into building my body mm-hmm. to become a tool to create in a tool just more of like a body that's art you know yeah. and kind of like a statue like Michelangelo's the, the David you know yeah, uh, you know crazy. and the human canon and I studied art history with the ideal beauty and what different artists how they perceived beauty or how they portrayed beauty and mm-hmm. I mean, sculptures and things like that that you see at the Louvre and, you know, at the MoMA and, you know, Metropolitan Museum and mm-hmm. all over the world, these amazing statues. Yeah, are, it's incredible. Is, it was inspired for me on a different level uh, with art and the human body. And when you have a better understanding of the human body, and then you can portray it certain ways. Totally. So, so many intersecting layers there. Yeah. And then when you start using your body as a tool, I mean, you want it to be, you want to be capable of to be able to do it for you want to be an art machine i guess so you know bodybuilding physical training flexibility health fitness you know diet all these things they all intertwine intertwine and you know if you don't have the energy to put paint on your penis well then you're not going to get very far so (laughs) (laughs) you know uh i mean i i also battle a few diseases that i have that have been inspiring me to you know focus more on body and 
you know, I've got kidney disease and, mm. you know, that prevents me from eating certain things. So, you know, but uh, instead of getting a kidney transplant, I, I eat healthy and uh, I'm very aware of things. Yes. And you look great. Thank you. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> um, is there any particular meaning mm. when painting naked? Is there any meaning? Yeah. Does it symbolize anything for you? Is there any certain feeling? You know what? The one thing that always comes to mind when wearing clothes, uh, when making art, I find that with clothing um, and the different fashions and things like that, uh, when you take all those off, you you get down to the bare bones of who we are as a civilization, human beings. You know, we're all kind of the same underneath of these clothes, these facades, these costumes, these whatever. When you're when I'm painting and I'm completely naked, I feel like it is one of the most purest uh, ways of uh, art creation. It's free of brands. It's free of labels, labels stereotypes, right. all these things that mainstream people go through on a daily basis and mm-hmm. spend a lot of money on. And, you know, a lot of the clothing that I wear gets covered in paint very quickly. So <laughs> <laughs> I just don't wear it. <laughs> Great. Yes. <laughs> I am the same way. Well, that's why I'm a stripper. So <laughs> yeah, right. it goes hand in hand, right? And plus, it seems like you're almost like exhibitionist-y as well. So. Yeah, you know, I... As much as I, I guess I, I am 100% an exhibitionist, yeah. yes, yes. Um, it's not a label that I like to take on, but anybody that's performer is exhibiting themselves, so, mm-hmm. you know. Why don't you want to take on the label? I don't like labels at all. Yeah. I mean, they're better, they're better on soup cans, is what Andy, <laughs> Andy Warhol used yes, to say, you know. Uh, so I just leave labels for other things. But nice. uh, even just being a naked artist is... Uh, that's a label. I'm kind of labeling myself, you know, but whatever, you got to have something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, do you have perverts who watch performance art just to see you naked? And how do you deal with, uh, how do you deal with it? hundred percent. Yep. Um, I love perverts. I have a huge fan base of them. Um, hashtag team BRF. <laughs> um, <laughs> Get all the hashtags below later, guys. <laughs> Go team! Uh, yes. <laughs> you know what? I have um, because my art is uh, it's a it's it's my body. It's painting. It's this. It's that. It's all many forms of things, uh, and I have fans that tune in for whatever fetishes that they have. And art is a fetish, um, however you want to look at it. So I like to I like to please everybody, and I like to exhibit it all. So I've got some people that, uh, you know, like to watch my cam and, you know, like to see, see me sniffing my armpits, you know, <laughs> or um, showing my feet or, oh, yeah, that's you know, funny. kissing my biceps or, you know, bouncing my pecs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's people out there that like pissing, there's shitting, there's all sorts of things out there and... When you get into art and fetishism, you have to be, you don't have to be anything. Um, <laughs> you don't have to be great. anything at all. You just, <laughs> just do what you like to do and only do what makes you happy. And that's what my mom told me the other day. That's great <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly, like, I love all the perverts out there. Because it's such a big part of my fan base, too. Is that, like, Humans are know? sexual beings. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with the word pervert. You know, you just... Uh, well, I don't know. I, what, what is the definition of perversion? Is, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
<laughs> don't even know anymore. No. <laughs> you know. How do you deal with the public's reaction to what you consider performance art that has sexual content? How do I say that again? Uh, how do you deal with the public's reaction to what you consider performance art that has sexual content? Well, that's, I think that's a bit of a vague question. Yeah, it's pretty vague. Uh, well, because how do I deal with it? Because some people love it. Some people, like, I used to get a lot more criticism back in the day. Uh, but now I think with internet and people, people are very uh, much more open-minded. I have the privilege of being able to travel to different cities and different cultures and seeing how they react to the same act that I'm doing in different cities and stuff. I mean, there, I remember roller skating in Bucharest in Romania yeah. and, and people were laughing at me roller skating because they just don't see people roller skating and this is very, that's tame. I mean, <laughs> I had my shirt off, but you'd get men, women, people laughing. It's weird. Yeah, you know? it's weird. But then you go to New York and I roller skate around and people don't even turn their heads. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Because they've seen, they've seen more things. They've experienced more forms of art. And the these, more exposed. Like I'm going to Köln in Germany. Germany? And they've wanted my show to come there for the past two, three years. But they felt that it wasn't, they weren't ready for it. Mm. Is what they said. And live TV, media and stuff like that. They have to be very uh, careful with what they show over there. And I have to be careful going there and showing certain things. Right. Um, and just the act of touching my penis on stage, you know, on a you know family-oriented TV show, even though they put a star over top of my penis, it's still a very wild thing for them to see. And Yeah, it's risque. And some, so. it's, you know, so just the mentality of people. Right. But... Um, I love pushing boundaries in art, and I feel that that's how you make change in any any type of culture, or mm-hmm. not change, but evolution, I guess. And yeah, or progress, hopefully. Progress, yes, that's a better right. word. Well, I, uh, I guess for the context in that, that person is an artist, and she is also a sex worker, and she yeah. was wanting to kind of marry the two somehow, but is struggling with that. So you know, I, I if, if I was to give any type of uh, words to inspire, I would say to just do it. And um, I like to quote uh, Andy Warhol's got so many great He's quotes. Awesome. You know, he would say that he wouldn't think too much about what he was making. He would let others think about it when he's showing it to them let them think about it and while they're thinking make more you know and just the act of making more and doing as opposed to not doing and questioning too much mm-hmm. doesn't get you anywhere and once you do something new once you do something that you're new to you will learn something more about yourself and your art will go down a different direction had it which it would never have the opportunity to do. So art leads me down roads. It takes me all different places. I have no idea where it's taking me, but I have. I just know that I put confidence in it. Yeah. And and if you're doing something that you're passionate about, other people will follow suit. They won't judge, depending on how open they are, I guess. But well, that's the thing. You know, right? and uh, but even the ones out there that are the haters, I love them just as much. You know. Um, <laughs> I don't have anybody hating me anymore. <laughs> anymore? <laughs> anymore. Uh, <You're> <laughs> I mean, I've been flagged. I've been banned. I've been, you know, and it's people pressing buttons that are doing this kind of yeah. stuff, you know, they're having a bad day. 
Right, totally. People are just having a bad day. You well, know? And that's the next question. It's like, do people still get offended with your art or like do not care? I mean, I, I to say I don't care, uh, I mean, I do care, but I don't care because I'm going to do it anyways. What was the question? Oh, yeah. Do people still get offended with your art or do you just not care um, if they are or it not? It depends on what I'm doing. I mean, some people just don't want to see certain things, but if they're following you and... <laughs> You know, they're going to see it anyways. So exactly. they have to be willing to have an open mind. If you're going to follow me, that's for sure. But, <laughs> um, yeah, if you haven't, uh, I, I, one thing that I've had to get used to was with emails and putting yourself out there. Like I get emails every day from people. I don't know who these people are. When they see me perform and they see me doing what I do, it's like it triggers something in them where they feel they need to connect with me and share something quirky about themselves or something that's very private and how that how I've inspired them to do something that they've been unsure about doing, mm-hmm. you know, and I get ideas from people and people just, you know, words of confidence. I don't get any hate mail. Never Good. have had hate mail. I did have one. I did have one actually. Oh, you that, did. So now, the, yeah, the, tell the us one, the one that it was, <laughs> and it was fair enough, and it changed the way I did a lot of things because I respect. Uh, I respected this person's. Um, you know, I would I would wear um, military uniforms, cop outfits, RCMP, these kind of things. Like I, uniforms. Uniforms okay. for strip shows. You know, right. where I come up dressed as a Mountie or you know um, a police officer. Yeah. I have real outfits. These are things worn by ex-military, ex-police force. And just because a friend of mine just happened to, I'm not naming names, but I had a hookup to get some real stuff that's illegal to wear. Wore it for many years and did many shows. And then I got an email once from a guy who's, um, he was a um, war veteran. And he sent me a very long email talking about explaining to me who he was and what he had done he'd been to Iraq this and that and mm-hmm. and how he felt that I was dishonoring the fallen soldiers by wearing medals that they had earned on oh, uniforms that I was using right. in my strip shows and things like this and very valid point and yeah so from that point on I started making my own costumes I took got rid of all the medals and made my own really oh, and good. uh made it more of a performance costume as opposed to like a real military outfit right but that was the only hate mail i got and, um, <laughs> okay yes. well all i would say hate mail but like well not hate mail i mean criticism back yeah right so <laughs> um i guess we kind of already answered this earlier but how do you make your money i make my money from selling uh, original artwork mm-hmm. um, to collectors webcamming making that artwork webcamming i also i'm becoming a full union member for iotsi uh, for the tv film industry in vancouver as a scenic artist a scenic artist is someone who is part of the paint department and paints hero art for for set so cool. I work for Warner Brothers right now. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, maybe after hearing this, they won't hire me back because uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers and, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do a lot. You can see a lot of my artwork on, like, Netflix and different TV shows. Cool. Uh, like, The 100 is one of them. There's oh, a nice, lot of yeah. abstract paintings. No penis paintings in there. Darn. Um, I'd like to say that I <laughs> threw a couple strokes in there, but uh, can't say that on here. <laughs> 
But God. aside from that, I just I travel. I do TV shows. I I I've, I do the Got Talent TV shows, and I I do a lot of private parties. Do private paint parties um, for art collectors in different cities, and yeah, I'm just branching off doing all sorts of things. Do all the things. All the I things. I thought I did a lot, and then I met you, so <laughs> you win. <laughs> Can you double down on artist grants, etc.? Asking as a fellow artist who very separately does. Sex work and wants to merge the two, so it's the same person. Yeah, grants are um, something I've never dabbled in, um, and even even in art school, they didn't really touch on grants. But uh, there's money out there for artists, and uh, government provides, and I do not pay, take part in it. And no. <laughs> I don't think that uh, they would. Uh, you no, never know. No. Okay, now we have some. <laughs> of course, these are going to happen. Can you paint me? <laughs> Yes, 100%. There you go. <laughs> I can paint you. I do commission paintings. Uh, I do several forms of uh, portraits. I do a more traditional uh, muse, artist muse sitting. Um, mm-hmm. This is where you would come or you would fly me to you and you would sit there and I would pose you. And, it, you know, it's a more traditional artist muse portrait sitting. Like royalty. Uh, yeah, like so royalty, cool. and it take mm-hmm. they take a little bit longer. I can paint a portrait in you know in that sense, you know, ten fifteen minutes. But um, most of the time, I I do commissions based off of port um, photographs. People will send in two or three f- pics to me. Uh, I'll choose whichever one I think looks good for the composition, and um, then I put together a little performance video and. Rip my pants yeah. off and <laughs> <laughs> swing great. my dick in there, <laughs> and then send you a video of it, and you can put the painting up on your wall and <laughs> show the video to whoever you want. There we go. <laughs> okay, you don't have to answer these next questions because it's easy. How big is your dick? It's funny. I was just gonna. I was gonna answer that before you even. Said. <laughs> it all depends on how happy I am. <laughs> there we go, guys. Um, do, do they want an actual number? I guess they want an actual number. You know, depending on how happy I am, 9 to 10 inches. Okay. Francesco, that's for you. <laughs> um, would you ever fuck a man, Francesco? These fucking questions. Say that again. Would you ever fuck a man? Would ever fuck a man? Is this, what kind of a question is this? <laughs> oh, I'm just like, you don't have to answer these. Do not worry about it. We'll skip, we'll skip. I, uh, <laughs> I am an art sexual. I only have sex with art. <laughs> there you go. So Sorry. if you consider yourself art, well then put together a proposal and then um, I'll put it into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> what is love for you? Mm. I stumped you. <laughs> stumped me. Yeah, right. I told you all the questions are all over the fucking place. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think <laughs> I think love is um, you mean between two people. It just says what is love for you. What is so love for me? It's very subjective. So really, to you, how you want to define it? I guess pure happiness. Mm-hmm. I, I guess pure happiness. I mean, it's a that's a big that's a big one, big question. It's um, a big question for another episode. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> oh, how can we find out when and where you perform? On my Instagram. There you go. Yep, I started posting it in my bio. Right, and at the end of the show, we we are going to plug everything. So. I guess we'll yeah. do that for the end. Considering the nature of your profession, have you insured your penis? Yeah, I uh, insured my penis with Lloyd's of London for $1.5 million. <laughs> oh my God. I love your answer that to was, that. That was like six, seven years ago, and that's, wow. now that's gone. And I, 
Going to bed. <laughs> now I just take care of my dick and, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully no one chops it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that was in the stipulation with Lloyds of London. There was the, you know, dismemberment was in there. And right. if it was dismembered, I would get $1.5 million. There you go. And I'm not even kidding. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess we already kind of went over those. Did, when did you decide to use your penis as a painting instrument? We already kind of answered that. And then the last question, have you ever come while painting? Yes, many times. Many times. Mixed in with the paint? Um, yep, I've done cum paintings. Some I've done some large-scale portraits where I would come on their face afterwards. Um, more specifically, like I've painted Donald Trump several times. <laughs> I... I and actually, I painted his face, and I thrusted myself through his mouth, and I made him gag on it. And then I cummed on his face afterwards. I try and get it right in the eye. Um, <laughs> Were you successful? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, <laughs> and you know what? Uh, yeah, for me, cum is a, it's a, it's a creative uh, juice, let's say. It's, um, it's kind of like paint. I was going to ask. It's like... kind of like paint, and even the consistency is very much like paint. And when you come on a painting that's been dried, it stains the painting and changes the color. And mm-hmm. I've even done cum paintings on like a type of uh, metallic surface where it rusts. And just using, yeah, just cum for <laughs> different creative purposes, yes. Well, that, that's the end of our questions. So most importantly, where can we find you? Uh, BrentRayFraser.com is the best place i was recently banned from youtube so you can't find me there anymore <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but you can still google me on there and see my many performances like franz got talent and some of these other ones mm-hmm. um you know i have a i'm an avid instagrammer and you can find me there at the naked artist underscore official and uh i have a vimeo account that's just okay. Brent ray fraser but if, you, but if you want to find me on chatterbait uh <laughs> Well, you can go looking for me on there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've... Uh, yep, go looking for me on there. <laughs> Brent Ray Fraser. I'm, a, I'm all over the place. There we go. Well, it was so much fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, another episode for you guys live next week, next Sunday. And don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, follow, review, all the things. Um, Strip by Sia. And my last... Uh, my last name. My personal account, see you stuff. If you have any questions, hate mail, whatever, send it over that way, and we will catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Brent. Yay. <laughs> Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, produced and hosted by Steph Sia, aka Kim Chi.